best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me, as always, is Willow. Hello. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're both in the middle of researching it's rough, really, rough shit, really y'all. tough cases. Okay. So February is Lovers Who Kill month. Nice. And we like to do a mix between famous cases and not so famous cases. And when I cover a famous case, I want to find shit I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I have some for this one. That I'm doing. And I don't know why people don't talk about it, but whatever. So I'm covering the Homolka Bernardo case. The Ken and Barbie killers out of Canada. And I'm sure if you're familiar with this, I promise you I have some information at the end you've probably never heard. Including transcripts from the videos that were never released to the public. Yeah. So this, I'm just going to do it. I have to do my sensitive listeners Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. This episode contains graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. Really fucking advised. Like, if if you're upset by rape, torture of, like, young girls, then you just click away. I'm not offended. Mm-hmm. And, look, I debated what to do here. Do I give details or do I not? Because the details are just almost... They're like beggar belief. Like, I can't believe right. some right. of this shit right. happened. Mm-hmm. It's so evil mm-hmm. and terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm gonna, and here's why. I just feel like glossing over it all the time and keeping talking about how pretty these people were is just so fucking obnoxious. It's disgusting. To me, when I look at pictures of them, I think they look fucking evil. Their eyes, especially Carla's, are just some of the most evil eyes you've ever seen in your Mm -hmm. life. There's so much darkness in there. Mm -hmm. Not to get woo or anything, but you can feel the the, like devil shit just coming off of them in waves. Mm Mm-hmm. And so... Oh, I hate uh, these people. Hate. Ooh, there's hate, not hate, a... Hate. There's, hate. like... I wouldn't even do this to Spicy Daddy. I don't even want him to go to hell. Like... There needs to be a hell below hell. They the need to just hell. disappear. Like, yeah. and not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they're erased, and after a hundred years, we don't talk about them ever yes. again. Yes. Like, they don't even get a headstone. They should mm-hmm. be chucked into a sewage pit and just mm-hmm. brought in poop. That's how much I hate these people. But yeah. before we get started... I want to say thanks, Portugal. <laughs> really? You want to do that now? I do. Okay. Thank you, Portugal. <laughs> okay. I didn't know we were that big in Portugal, but that's awesome. Yes. And I said it in the last Maris Monday episode, but I wanted to say it with you because you weren't there. <laughs> Thank so. you, Portugal. Thank you. <laughs> and Czechoslovakia. Yes. I had no idea we were big there. but And Finland. Don't know, just that's where it is. But thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening far away in the countries you're in. And I think that's neat. But yeah, I'm going to get into it right away because this is a long episode. And I also debated on how to cover this. It's been covered... I'm just going to cover it straight and just go. Because I don't want to... It's so long and involved. I don't want to get lost in the... I don't want to be cute. Yeah. This is not cute. This isn't cute. It's not this cute. This is a fucked up story. It's real fucked up. Yeah. All right. So, the Ken and Barbie killers. So, from the outside, 
Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamulka had everything. They were both young, good-looking. I don't see it personally, but that's how other people describe them, and I'm weird, so we'll just go with that. And they were successful. They had everything going for them. But, you know, looks can be deceiving. In fact, I think Paul Bernardo's good boy looks, like he looked like a good boy, are what, per, like, it's kind of the reason some of the murders happened. I think yeah. it could have been stopped pretty early on if the police hadn't been stupid. He just looks like, what's that one guy that got off, like, super easy? Um, that, oh, that, that like, rapist? That white, yeah. that white boy that, like, just got off because the judge was like, he has such a promising future, and he raped a girl while she was asleep? She was unconscious behind yeah. a dumpster. That's happened to me. But fuck that guy. Fuck and, that guy. And, yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the exact same story because they look like these pretty boys that look like college, like, They got the dimples, they look innocent. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Why would, why does, like, looks even measure into this? It just should be evidence, and I'm so, anyway, we'll get to how mad I am about that in a minute. Okay. So, Paul was born on August 27th, 1964 in Ontario, Canada, and by all accounts was a little angel. Like, he's described like that, literally. He had dimples and was always smiling, always happy and polite, a good student. He was a Boy Scout. But you know what? I'm really fed up, again, with this whole looks. He looked nice. It's because he came from a rich white family. And so, of course, he's going to look nice. I don't nice even think because... they were rich. Really? He just looks like a rich boy. He, you know he I mean? made good money later. Um, but I don't know about... I think they were middle class. Still, he's polished. So it's just a theme in his life, though, and in Carla's life in this whole case, is that on the outside, everything looks perfect. Yeah. But that perfect smiling facade covered up a disgusting core. I guess that makes more sense for them to be called Ken and Barbie killers because Ken and Barbie are plastic, plastic and hollow. Exactly. And literally just a pretty shell. Exactly. I think mm -hmm. it fits, and that's why I included it for that mm -hmm. very reason. Okay. His childhood from the outside looked perfectly normal, but his father, Kenneth Bernardo, was a monster. Oh. Kenneth had a penchant for being a peeping Tom. He was, like, peeping in girls' windows and stuff. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Man. And he was arrested in 1975, so I think he was only, like, 10 or 11, Paul was 10 or 11 when his dad was arrested for molesting a child. And there were rumors circulating that Kenneth also molested his own daughter, Paul's sister. Do you think he knew about it? Absolutely do. Yeah. I think it shaped his view on women. Yes. But yes. along... Because he's looking up to stuff. his father, and so he's going to do yes. whatever his father does. Sort of. I think at first he was disgusted by it. So... I guess it seems like, oh, well, his dad did it, and so the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. But when Paul was 16, his mother confided in him that he was the product of an affair and not Kenneth's biological son. Oh. And I think this is one of those defining moments we yeah. talk about, is that maybe he was disgusted by his dad, but then he was more disgusted by his mother. Because mm, he wanted to, there was that part of him that wanted his dad to be his dad. Yeah. You know? All kids are like that. Even yeah. no matter how mean or terrible your parents are. Yeah. You don't want to find out that you've been lied to your whole life. I think his mother might have thought it was... 
like a com would been a comfort to Paul. Like, oh, your dad just got arrested for this terrible thing, but don't worry, you guys don't share any blood. I mean, I'm just that's yeah. spitballing here. Yeah. Because uh, I'm trying to think of her motivation for telling him, and I think it was that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the sins of the father doesn't apply to you because he's not your real dad. But still, nature versus nurture type thing, you know. Ooh, it made like... him so mad. And another thing that was going on at the time is that Paul's mother and father did not get along. His father was super abusive, very strict with the children. And the mom had taken to sleeping in the basement. Wow. Yeah. So Paul just lost it, kind of. On his mom. He started calling her a slob and a whore. And I don't know. He just started taking the place of his dad in her life. He became her abuser. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all this, while he was a teenager, he is developing some pretty sick, dark fantasies about women and his hatred of women. Because that's what he's it's mixing, all about. He's mixing what he saw his father do with the now hatred that he has for his mother. Yes. That's exactly he's, what he's, he's doing. kind of combining the two. And I'm going to say, with Paul, it's pretty easy to see why he ended up a monster. Like, yeah. it makes sense to me. It's a combination of nature and nurture. Yeah. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Carla's a little muddier. But I have theories on that. Okay. And we'll talk about that. Okay. So, Paul went off to college and was very popular with women. He was superficially charming. And in Psychopaths, they are superficially charming. Yeah, Absolutely. That's kind of the whole thing. And so he had no problem attracting women, and he would go to bars to pick girls up. But he couldn't keep a girlfriend at all, and that is because he was just sadistic and abusive in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. He humiliated them. He hit them. He was just gross. Mm -hmm. And women don't like that. I mean, there is a place for kink. and Absolutely. But this is not consensual kink. He is busting this out on, like, their first night together. He's not asking, hey, are you okay if I call you a whore and hit you upside the head? He's just doing it. And so he's starting to struggle in his relationships with women, too. Because nobody wants that. Right. right. Ever. And he doesn't understand how to control it. I think he does. I think he does. I think he just doesn't care. I think he has zero respect for women and no empathy. Okay. Later on in his trial, Mm -hmm. he said he felt nothing for his victims. Wow. Which is pretty shocking to me. Yeah. I mean, most killers say they don't feel anything, but there's evidence of remorse in a lot of cases. But oh, this, yeah. This Not this no. one. Mm-mm. He dehumanizes them at every step, and so he's just a big piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just hate him. That's all. Whew. So while he's, like, being really abusive to his girlfriends... It wasn't until 1997 that he ramped up his monstrous behavior. In May of 1997, the suburb of Scarborough in Ontario was plagued by a series of horrific rapes. And these are so bad. These assaults are so bad. The police have never seen anything this terrible. And I would, I'm going to briefly describe why they're so bad. And this is the details I'm talking about. This is going to be pretty graphic. He would gather up stones, dirt, twigs, and he would forcibly insert that into their vagina. What, what? the fuck? Yeah. He raped one woman woman with a knife and it perforated her uterus. 
nearly killed her. How could it not? Oh my. The human body fucking is fucking God. wild how resilient it is. And his MO was it would be late at night and he would grab women from bus stops. Now Scarborough is like, you might not leave your door locked at night. You might leave your door unlocked. You might walk home alone. Pretty safe neighborhood. Right. And this fucking terrified people. Mm -hmm. And the age range of the women was between 15 to 20 years old. 2021. Wow. So I, I, they say those women. Are, those are babies. Those are girls. Y'all. Yeah, those are girls. He's a pedophile. Yeah. And I think that's really important to point out that both Carla and Paul are pedophiles. Yes. Nobody says this yes. in anything I listen yes. to, but they definitely yes. are. I don't understand why you don't give children credit for being children, especially in true crime. I don't either. Maybe it makes it more palatable to listen to. I just don't know. So the first rape was on May 4th, 1987, and I say first confirmed rape. Right. And I have a feeling that he date raped. Yeah. I, he's committed way more crimes than mm -hmm. he's admitted to. A woman was attacked at a bus stop near her parents' home, and two more attacks would follow that week. He would, like, really ramp up and slow down for a bit and then ramp up. That was kind of, he, like, clustered, yeah. did it. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to get into, like, each and every case because there are 19 of them over a five-year period. And they all follow the same M.O. Wow. And 15 of those were rapes. And the other four were women who got away. Now, these are people who went to the police. Oh. I, I think there's more. Well, of course, there's always more. Paul told Carla he had raped over 30 women. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that I at all. I don't doubt that at all. Uh-uh. Um, it is so hard to go to the police... About shit like this. How humiliating it was. Well, and you know you know what they're going to do. If they don't have X, Y, and Z, they're not going to do anything. What were you wearing? Case. They, they have Did to Did you have, have anything to drink? You have to have, like, seminal fluid or some and there wasn't sort of always. evidence. Exactly. And he had kind of a, a method. So after he would get them and take them off, like, into an area where he could assault them, he would insult, you know, assault them with debris objects, and yeah. objects he would then sodomize them then rape them and then threaten them with violence if they went to the police he always had a knife right so i mean god that is it's just so heinous right i mean right out of the gates which tells me this is not these are not his first assaults. This is something that he is used to, and it's he feels habitual. confident, confident yeah, to yeah, do this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's part of his lifestyle at this point. Absolutely, this is just something that he does. Yeah, you know, it's like every Sunday I listen to Amy Winehouse. It's just something that I do. This is just something that he does. Billy Holiday for me, thanks. Uh, yeah, me too. I needed something good in this story. <laughs> That's the only thing there is. Oh, I hate this man. I hate he this is man. no good. Now, usually he committed these rapes, like, nearby where they happened. Right. Where they, he, he abducted the women. And he's so unassuming. He does look like just an average dude. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. We say this in, in the true crime world about every 
fucking case. Just about. There's some really wily looking motherfuckers. When is this archetype gonna die? Well, when is it going to be no longer unassuming? When are we going to realize that this archetype is harmful? Is harmful Absolutely. and that we should be scared of it? Yeah, I've been screaming that. I'm just saying not all men, but enough that I don't want to walk home alone at night. Eh? Right. I'm just saying, don't... It's just so frustrating. Don't look at somebody, even a woman, nobody, and think they won't hurt me. It is a human being. We are animals and we are vicious. Right. I don't want to, like, scare right. anybody or give you a complex, but just be aware and be safe. I'm just tired of this, like, well, he's just a young, unassuming, attractive white male. Well, a lot of people a, will be a really... female. A lot of people will be really victim-blaming in these. Um... Mm-mm. He raped one 15-year-old girl in her fucking bedroom. So, don't come at me with that. No, and you can't blame somebody for using public transportation. They Fuck will blame you. they blame the one of the the first girl that they murdered. Well, the second girl they murdered, Leslie oh. Mahaffey. We'll get to that okay. in a minute. I'm I'm already pissed. I was pissed before I even walked in your house. Well, we turn this dialogue around. I'm not going to blame no 14-year-old child. Oh, my fucking God, no. People do, though, because they suck. That's... F That's fucked Girl, up. I know, man. I know. So, the police dubbed him the Scarborough Rapist, which isn't a very creative name, but whatever, it's fine. They were on the hunt for him. One woman had gotten such a good look at him that the police sketch is literally a dead ringer, and I'll be posting that on our Facebook page so you can take a look at it. And they had DNA evidence, too. They even questioned Paul twice, and he voluntarily gave his DNA, but because of what a nice guy he was, he wasn't officially investigated until much later. They called him charming and well-adjusted, and thus didn't believe he'd be capable of such heinous attacks. And, boo-wee, every time I hear this shit, and it's in every documentary or podcast right, I right, listen to. Right, absolutely. I'm just like... Bleh. Like they almost relish in the fact that he got away with it, so because it can become it can become part of this story of the Ken and Barbie killers, the way it's because talked about. Because sex sells, um, good looks and, and and all of that stuff. And they it, for like the like late eighties, early nineties, I guess they would be considered attractive. Especially, yeah, I mean, especially him because it, that was the look that, like, it was like, I'm a billionaire's son. Like, that's what he looks like. You know what I mean? Like, he looks like he could be, like, Trump's nephew. He could be a nephew. Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Little for sure. Weasel face mm -hmm. fuck. With the fluffy hair and the popped collar. I just want to, like, He's slug like, him yeah, 20,000 times. fucking douchebag. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. the look that he has. And she looks like a vapid skank. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, I don't know, y'all, what would have happened if Paul had never met Carla. I, I think he would have gone on to kill. Absolutely. But a lot of people will go on to say that she wouldn't have. And you know what? I agree. But that, I don't think that makes her good. And I'll explain this in a minute. I still think that she would do anything that she's told. Yes. And so if it wasn't him, she's attracted to the dark, awful, like... She's, I, I she's think att she's attracted of. to like risque and darkness and I think, things like that. Yeah, I think what she really wanted was to marry like Dracula, and I'll get to that in a minute because I understand the pull. But I, mean, the I think if it wasn't him, it could have been somebody else because she's easily led. Oh yeah, she yeah. wanted that. That's what she was looking for. So 
Paul met Carla Homolka in 1987 when he was 23 and she was 17. She was right in his age range. She fit his type, underaged and pretty. Now, you'd think her parents would be like, nah, though. Yeah. That's too old. He's in college. You're a baby. You're still in high school. But they endorsed it because he was young, successful, handsome, he had some money. And so they... They could marry her off. They could marry her off. And that was a big thing in Carla's, like, social circle at the time, was marry wealthy. Yes. And so she was like, ooh, I snagged me one. Yes. So let's talk about her for a minute. Ugh. <laughs> Carla Homolka was born on May 4th, 1970. Her childhood mimicked Paul's. On the outside, it seemed idyllic. And you will not hear this in many podcasts or, like, any documentaries. Her father was a raging alcoholic, and he was super abusive. But instead of finding that behavior repugnant, it hit her in her formative years in a weird way. She became attracted to that. Mm. Like, it excited her, the, like, abusiveness. Like it was power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was pretty and popular, but she did show some troubling signs early. And some of these are just not troubling signs, and I'm going to talk about them. But Every, it was the 80s, so everybody was Everybody like, was like, oh! Yeah, she wore oh. black one day. She sucks Satan. I wish. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, like in the in the late 80s through the 90s, if you wore all black, you were a school shooter and you worshipped the devil, it wasn't that you just really loved the cure a lot in Depeche Mode, which was me. So, like, I, a lot of these things they say are troubling signs yeah. are all the things I did in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't kill anyone. It was like that post that we shared on our page that was like... Like, the signs of oh, demon yeah. possession is like... Well, shit, I got all these. She's got tarot cards. <laughs> I'm looking at mine right now. Yeah, so... She claimed to really, really love animals. And, in fact, she would draw them all the time. She wanted a career in helping animals. However, once she threw a friend's hamster out of a window... What the fuck? Resulting in the hamster's death. Yeah. Which is fucked. I think that that is the number one disturbing sign. Not that one time she wore black in high school. It's the harming of animals when she was young. Yeah. Friends also said she was bossy, overbearing, and a little bit weird. Didn't she end up working at a vet? Yes, I will get to that. Okay, sorry. You're forgiven. (laughs) At the age of 12, Carla started reading Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys and became kind of obsessed. But I read those too. I was like, (laughs) I read the whole series. Yeah, and had the braces. And I read read Sweet Valley High. Yeah. The Babysitter's Club. Yep, the Babysitter's Club. Yes, I had all And I was like, I babysat. I don't have any of these adventures. (laughs) That's Lillian with braces, by the way. And rooster wings. And acne. Oh, yeah, it looked good. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I don't think a 12-year-old's obsession with Nancy Drew and true crime is anything to be worried about. I mean, all we do is sit in our. I'm just a disappointment and... to my father. I'm not a murderer. We don't go anywhere. No, I'm literally in the same clothes I went to bed in yesterday. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> covered with Alfredo sauce right now because I really yeah, got yeah. into my dinner. Yeah, <laughs> was about it. What was it like? 
she also started to become obsessed with the occult. and But this obsession literally follows her throughout her life. This is not a Nancy Drew obsession. She, really? Yes, and we'll talk about that too. I think that's part of it. Not in a woo way. And I'll explain later. Okay. Yeah. I always raise my eyebrow at, at people and murderers and true crime bullshit that say they got into the occult. I'm like, oh, did, did you though? Everyone does at some point. Yeah. Pussies. Yeah. If you don't, you're a pussy. Get into the occult. Get into it. Into it. Not into a cult. If you're in one of those, call your dad. Fuck that. But read some tarot cards, look at your horoscope, mm-hmm. burn a candle and think about somebody you hate. I don't know. It's fun. It's harmless. Not really. But anyway, she was convinced she could talk to spirits and she liked scaring her friends with it. That's the part that's fucked up is this delight in scaring her friends. I didn't do that. And I was a prankster. Right. I don't pull pranks now because Maris wouldn't like pranks. Yeah. Think about it. How upset he would be be if I if I like put a bucket of water over the door. He'd be offended. And he'd be sad because then he'd have to change his clothes. It would like ordeal. it would hurt his feelings. Yes. And for me, a prank is a delight that all have. Right. Yeah, like someone good to prank is producer Will. I've never been a prankster. Oh man, I, I, I poke fun. I poke fun, and my my way of playing is like verbal tickling, like where I'll just like bring up shit or, you know. Oh, a tease. Tease. I'm a yes, teaser. Yes. But I love pranking. I just haven't in a long time because it does take a lot of effort and I'm tired. But I have pulled some really good ones in my day. So what kind of pranks would she pull? She's like, no, she's like getting her friends over for like seances and stuff and just scaring the shit out of them. Telling them scary stories about weird devil stuff and they're like freaked out. I don't want to scare my friends. No, and that's just another like... Just like getting She's off a, on it's people's... clear. Yes, getting off on people's fear. Yes. She really did. And that's, just, I think the hamster and that are the things that point out to being disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. Another thing, gosh, that she did that I find really gross and weird. And I'm going to preface this by saying I collect bones. Like, if I find bones outside, they're coming in the house. Yeah, bones and bones. And if one of my pets died, I probably would wait for them to naturally decompose and then make a memorial piece out of their bones. I got my kitty cat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't find that weird. However, taxidermy is, like, in vogue now. This probably isn't something I would have done in high school. I would love to do that, but I'm Squeamish. I'm squeamish also. My sense of smell is good. I was about to say, it's just the smell. (laughs) Woo, it's rough. But, like, this is back in the 80s. People didn't Did she do do taxidermy? No. One of her friend's dogs died. Oh. And she asked a a week later if they could dig it up. She really wanted to see what it looked and smelled like. (gasps) See, that's a bit weird. Yeah. The friend was horrified. Oh my god, yeah. Because that... Carla was really insensitive about her friend's pain and grief surrounding the death she, of their she pet. She wanted to see it. She wanted the grief and the pain and the death. She yeah. wanted it. And that's what's creepy. Not that she yeah. was goth in high school for a little bit. That's dumb. And you know, well, I see no evidence. She's sick and twisted. I see no evidence of her being goth at all, so I think this is bullshit. I think she wore some like weird outfits to school a couple times. But right. any picture I've ever seen of her, she looks pretty preppy to me. She's so. wearing pink and she has blonde hair. She's not a goth. 
Yeah, eat shit, y'all. That's not goth. Because she wore a black broomstick skirt to school and some heavy eyeliner once doesn't make a goth. I couldn't see her do that. I, it's stupid. I couldn't picture it. I, mean. I don't think that's what she did either. Mm. So as an older teen, she was nonconformist in dress, and everyone said this, and I don't think she was goth. I just think she liked weird clothes. She did not ever care what people thought of her. And while that's a cool trait in a person, combine it with some of them other things, and it's starting to get yeah. creepy. She was adventurous when it came to drugs and sex. And risk-taking behavior is another sign that you got to look out for. Mm. By itself, it's no big deal. I, too, did a lot of Same. drugs and sex. But she also had wild, dark fantasies involving death, and she would tell her friends about it. Like, she, like, about being killed while having sex or murdering her lover. And she started cutting. Self-harming. But not because she was sad. She just liked the way it felt. She wanted to feel it. She wanted to feel the endorphins and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that alone, again, isn't an I indicator. I was cutter, but... I was not, but that's because I was squeamish about needles and shit when I was younger. Yeah. But I probably would have been. It is a rush. It really is a rush. Um, I know that, like, it's not necessarily triggering when I see people's scars, out in public, but it's kind of like a tip of the hat, like, oh, Same I used to be fan. on that drug. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I understand the high from it, but, I mean, mine was definitely because I was in pain and needed to feel physical pain. To release the, to release the emotional, emotional pain. pain. Yeah, I totally Which understand. is why I like tattoos now. It's the same thing for me. Um, it's just healthier. A healthier venue. <laughs> yeah, a healthier venue. <laughs> Um, but no, she's doing it for a completely different reason and it's kind of grotesque because uh-huh. it's just preparing her to do that to other people. She likes it done to her too, though, is the part mm. that I'm getting at. And I'll get to that. In a I mean, there's a lot of like, like bloodletting. She's a masochist. Stuff. Yeah. I was about to say, there's a lot of bloodletting and, and like blood play and stuff like that and BDSM. So, which would have been fine if she just engaged in consensual BDSM, mm-hmm. but no. At 17, she started working as a veterinary technician, which, a clear trajectory, she really loved animals. And it was through this job that she, by chance, met Paul Bernardo in October of 1987. They met at a hotel. So he was there for his job, and she was at a conference, for a veterinary conference for her work. What did he do again? Oh, gosh. I just totally skipped over his career. Oh, it's okay. I want to say he was, like, an investment banker. He's That sounds right. Like, he was just, like, into, like, some hoity-toity bullshit that every guy like that signs up for, basically, in college. He was an account- accountant. That makes sense, yeah. And okay. was also smuggling cigarettes across the, like, Canadian wow, United States. Wow, even forward. harder. It does. Doesn't it? You want those eighth for That's dumb. Okay, so, yeah, he was in... So he was there for some... His firm was there doing some kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. And they met at a coffee bar. And it was love at first sight. I bet it was. She was just goo-goo-ga-ga. And she was his type. Now, for him, was it love at first sight? I don't think he's capable of the emotion, so no. But it was but it I'll, was an instant connection because they had he definitely connection. wanted her for sure. Yeah. Paul had just started his stint as the Scarborough rapist, and something you would think would scare off your new girlfriend. But no. 
So right away, this tells me, because she approved of and encouraged his rapes. So she met him, like, at the beginning of him being the Scarborough rapist? He had started in May, and this was in October. <gasps> oh, my God. People don't ever lay the time. People, when they cover this case, never lay the timeline out right. But they met right after he started raping women wow. in Scarborough. So he'd like come home and be like, you won't believe what I did tonight, baby. Well, now remember, they didn't live together at first because she was still a minor. Oh, right. And she was still in high school, but they but were he dating. he still told her about all of it. Not at first. What happened was, is he carried on the same shtick he did with all women he slept with. He was brutal, humiliating, and she told him she liked it. And she was like, oh, I like that, too. I like all that weird shit. She told him she was into all these dark and twisted things. And so he was like, then I can tell her what I really do. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I love it. Blech. And it just gave him, like, a permission slip to be a monster. Yeah. Because I think... Because he got the approval. He got approval. And it was it was kind of like... Now he had a partner. Well, and it's, like, triggering that, like... Like dopamine release of like absolutely you know doing a good thing and getting that like outside approval getting a like round of applause mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like, she encouraged him things. she encouraged him and that made him want to do it more yes it did so uh, like chemically in his brain made it one yeah that's crazy no she was fully aware of his vicious attacks on young women she loved it She's she loved so it it turned up. her on that's so fucked yep. I told you this episode's gonna be rough. God, I fucking hate her. I hate her as much as I hate him. I do. I really do. I'm about mm-hmm. some of the like transcripts I'm gonna read from the tapes. You're gonna want to fucking barf. I'm just I hate her. It's awful. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people assert that Carla was a victim too, and it's true that Paul did abuse her throughout their entire relationship. In the early stages of their relationship, Paul was sexually sadistic towards her. She responded by writing him letters telling him he could do anything he wanted with her, including kill her, and that she enjoyed it. Wow. So was it abuse if she allowed it? And she, she Boy, that's... It? Yes. I'm going to go ahead and say it's still abuse, even if the victim is fucked up. Because it's, it's all in his intention? He doesn't care whether she consents or not. Okay. So I think it's his intention. Yeah. And to him, he is wanting to abuse her. Now, I don't know if she's capable of consenting, because she's fucking bananas. Something's wrong. Something's wrong there. I believe, like, I want her to donate her body to science so we can cut up her brain, because something's wrong with it. Somewhere. I wonder if her dad didn't abuse her. That's just conjecture. Let's not go on a conspiracy theory or anything. But still. But I feel like something in there happened in her formative years, other than her dad being abusive towards her mother. And there is a type of sexuality, and it starts with an H, and I cannot pronounce it, but it's where you become attracted to a violent abuser. Mm-hmm. Like, their violence, seeing your partner commit acts of violence, either on yourself or someone else, is really attractive to you and really turns you on. That seems to fit the bill, but I don't think that's it. And I'll talk about her sexuality and weirdness in a little, okay. a little bit. Excuse me, okay. I'm just gagging. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. So as they continue on in their relationship, Paul becomes bored with Carla. Because she's just letting it happen. She's, she's all for loving it. it. Yeah. Like, oh, and he boy. doesn't want you to love it. No, he wants you to cry. Yeah. And beg. Yeah. 
He tells her the reason he's bored is that she wasn't a virgin when they met. And that's what he prefers. He then tells her he start, has started fantasizing about Carla's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. And instead of, like, punching him and setting him on fire, she offered to drug her sister and give him her sister's virginity as a Christmas present. This is her fucking idea, for the record. It is her idea to do this to her own sister. Now, this next part, y'all, is real horrific, and I'm going to say some shit that's fucked up. So if you want to fast forward through it, not offended. Carla's job as a vet tech means she had access to drugs. On December 23rd, 1990, while at a Christmas party at the Homolka family home, Carla spiked her own sister's spaghetti with animal anesthetics she had stolen from the clinic where she worked. That night, while the rest of the family was asleep and Tammy was unconscious, Carla held a halothane-soaked cloth over her sister's mouth and then took turns, along with her fiancé, raping her while videotaping the whole brutal attack. On the video, this part's really rough, so just, I want to give you a heads up. Paul makes Carla lick her sister's menstrual blood from her fingers. When Carla complains that it tastes disgusting, Paul beats her. Ugh, God. Tammy then begins to vomit, and because she is unconscious, she chokes on her own vomit and passes away. In a panic, they wash her, dress her, and put her in her own bed. The death was ruled an accident. Because, I mean... Nobody would suspect that you would do that to your own fucking sister. At Tammy's funeral, Paul put a picture of himself and Carla smiling in her coffin. And I don't know why. But oh, that part I hate them. In particular, just makes me sick. Oh, I fucking hate them. I just feel like it was a final oh, way to disrespect her. Oh, I didn't know that part. I've been sitting here just like gritting my teeth, just like rocking back and forth like fucking hate them i fucking hate them and i didn't know that part and now i've never i'm just so mad like that all gave me the chills and not in like a cool way i'm just like my animal limbic brain is like freaking out like, i, I fucking know. hate them yeah it that is disgusting and this is another turning point i think with both bernardo and homolka right tammy's death was an accident but it awakened, like, even darker desires in them. But didn't she have, like, the burn mark on her face? That was from, from the vomit. Oh, I thought the burn mark was from the chemicals on the I mean, rag. it was kind of a combo of stomach acid and halothane. But, I mean, they just... Stomach acid can burn your face like that. So that's what they the police thought it was. But the really, thought. it was probably more of It was a combo. Halothane. Yeah, it was more of the halothane, for sure. But I don't think they intended... They just didn't want her to remember or tell the parents what they were doing. Right. They didn't intend on killing her. They just no. wanted to have her unconscious. So this isn't talked about ever. In fact, I've only read it in two other places and in a recent documentary that was on Discovery+. Plus. In early 1991, Carla lured a co-worker at the, the vet clinic she worked at, who was just a teenager, over to her house for a girls' night. She spiked the girl's drink and raped her before Paul even got home. So she, she's doing shit on her own. Yeah. Luckily, the girl woke up and left before Paul got home. Or she, I think she'd be dead. Yeah. 
I think that, that she would have been their second victim. And that girl is listed as Jane Doe. She didn't, I don't believe, ever press charges. It didn't come up in trial. Sucks. Yeah. So Paul wasn't satisfied and wanted more. They even at this point hired a prostitute that, like, Carla slept with for his entertainment. But that wasn't enough either. It just wasn't getting him off. Mm-hmm. He needed more violence. He told Carla he wanted a girl he could keep at home to torture and abuse like a sex slave. And so Paul then kidnapped Leslie Mahaffey. The 14-year-old girl was a good girl. And you're going to hear a lot of podcasts that say she was rebellious and defiant against her parents. And when I looked into her, that's not true. She's 14, y'all. She is a baby. She is just doing normal teenage kid things. If you never snuck out of the house and you never, like, drank alcohol out of your mom's liquor cabinet, fuck you. Most kids do. Right. Producer Will did that shit. I'm not mad at him. He's not a bad kid. Excuse me, they. They are a wonderful person. Right. And so was Leslie. She was just a kid. So I don't like that dialogue. Mm-hmm. I just find it gross. It's, it, it's really fucking frustrating. On the morning of June 14th, 1991, Leslie attended a wake with her family. Oh my God. Yeah. The timing of all these things is also just garbage. After she went, afterwards, after the wake, she went with her friends into the woods and they drank beer and they were talking. I mean, she'd just been to a wake and she was just hanging out with her buds. She ended up, like, staying out longer than she had intended to. And it was nearly 2 a.m. Now, she'd been coming home late lots of times and not calling her mom. And it was a source of contention. And her mom warned her, if you do this again, I'm going to lock you out the house. I I hate this part of the story because her mom did not mean for none of that to happen. But still, that's that. that I'm not going to parent blame either. I'm not parent blaming them in particular. I'm just saying that 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 is a thing. That is a thing that a lot of parents do. My parents said they were going to do it before as well. It's just one of those. It's just one of those things that parents like. You don't imagine some monster's going to come snatch your baby. I just don't understand At the same why, time, why it's a universal thing, like taking the door off of tough the love type room. of shit. You know, it's like so many parents have that I'm as a take, thing. I'm going to take a little minute to kind of talk about it because we both have teenagers. Right. And all of mine are teenagers. Yeah. And I think part of the problem, because I felt it in my heart before, is the desire to prevent your child from making the same stupid mistakes you did or making a mistake that will impact the rest of their lives. Right. You don't want them to or do drugs. Or something you're scared of. You're scared. Uh-huh. And so you tighten the grip of control. Yes. And you make these wild punishments. And I'm going to tell you all, feel free to parent your child however you want. Okay? I'm not going to parent Shane. Unless you're being abusive, then fuck you. Yeah. But talk to your kids instead. Yeah. Don't punish. The punishing just doesn't work. I sit down in a talk with them. Because I guarantee you, Leslie's acting out for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you need to figure out what that reason is. Mm-hmm. And then she would have stopped. And I'm not going to shame them. Or They lost their baby in the most right. horrific way possible. Right. They did right. not intend for that to happen. And I bet you every day they think about if they could just unlock that door. Really. So, we're not going to go down that road. It's in every fucking podcast I've listened to, and I'm just going to be frank with you. Fuck you if you say that. Those parents have suffered enough. Are they just not parents, these podcast people? 
Right. Can you not? Can you imagine blaming them for that shit? The the fact is, y'all, we should be able to walk home alone at night. You should be able to say, "Fuck you, kid. You can't have to sleep on the porch." You should be able to say that without thinking that this is going to happen to you or your child. Right. We are putting the blame on the wrong motherfuckers. Put it on Paul Bernardo. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And if the fucking police had ran his goddamn DNA... Didn't they, like, put him at the bottom of the list? Yes. And they had all these other DNA Yes, because he looked nice and wore a suit and tie. And it takes, like, two months to run each DNA sample. Yes, it does back then. It doesn't now, but it did back then. still takes a while today. A couple weeks. Yeah, Yeah. still too long. Too long. Sorry, it's okay. No, it's okay. (laughs) So when Leslie arrived home, the door was locked. She then walked to a payphone to ask a friend if she could spend the night, and the friend said no. I mean, another one where, God, you know if you're the friend, you just feel like shit for the rest of your so fucking life. So you live with your parents, you're 14. Yeah. You know? Well, now it's past 2.30 a.m., and she stumbles along Paul Bernardo, who is out stealing license plates, because he is a giant bag of garbage. <laughs> just out stealing license plates. It was probably for his smuggling of cigarettes or whatever. What a creep, you so know? God, he sucks so much. He reminds me of like the <laughs> shittier version of that guy from um, oh that movie where he's like he's like the girl or the girls keep getting prettier and younger and we stay the same or some shit like that. I like don't he, know what you're just, about. that older creep that's always hanging around the high school. Yeah, <laughs> except he looked very young. That's still weird. And so when she sees him, and he's very charming, he's really friendly, he's not creepy, Mm. he asks her if she wants to smoke. And y'all, this is the 80s and 90s, all teenagers smoked. I did too. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, yeah, and he's like, well, I got my cigarettes in my car. And so she follows him, and he attacks her, wraps his sweatshirt around her head, and forces her at knife point into his car. How many cigarettes have I bummed? Oh, How yeah. many cigarettes have I bought? How many exact situations have I been in that were exactly. very similar to Exactly that? like that. To a fucking T. And there he is. The he just looks like a clean-cut, normal guy. She she didn't see him stealing license plates. Right. That's just why he was out. He told her he was out for a walk smoking because, you know, his folks didn't like him smoking in the house. Like, he used some kind of excuse like that. So, both Carla and Paul agree that she was not present during Leslie's kidnapping. In fact, she was at home in bed, asleep. Paul took Leslie to his house, raped her, kept her drugged and compliant using sleeping pills, crushed up in champagne. When Carla woke up, instead of being angry that Paul kidnapped and raped a 14-year-old girl, she was mad he used the champagne flutes that were for their upcoming wedding. The champagne glasses. You can just wash them, you stupid bitch. No, she was pissed. They both then brutally raped and tortured Leslie while filming the whole thing. The video was never shown in court because it was so disturbing and graphic, but they did play the audio. Jesus Christ. Poor Leslie can be heard telling them that her blindfold was slipping and she didn't want to be able to identify them. Oh, Which is just so fucking pitiful. She's 14, 14 14 years old. Like a week away from her 15th birthday. She knows enough. Yeah. To know that if she sees that, Well, apparently they were giving her false hope, too. They had fully intended on killing her. I mean, they say they didn't, 
but come on. Yeah. She was drugged again, and Paul Bernardo strangled her. According to Carla, the death was an accident. Paul had been out of the room preparing the car to release Leslie when Leslie overdosed from the drugs she had given her. Bullshit. On June 16, 1991, Bernardo and Hamalka moved Mahaffey's body from an upstairs bedroom to the basement. During this time, Paul and Carla had all her family over for Father's Day on the main floor <coughs> of the house. And Carla made a special effort to keep her mother from going downstairs. They had a family dinner with that poor baby's body in the house. That's so fucked up. When the family left, they used Paul's grandfather's circular saw to dismember Leslie's body into pieces small enough to lift when covered in concrete. Later, in a confession to her aunt before revealing details to the police, Carla claimed that Bernardo did this while she was at work on Monday. Now, Paul also says that she didn't help him with this. Dispose. Yeah. They then sunk the body parts in Lake Gibson near St. Catharines in Ontario. On June 29, 1991, Carl and Carla and... Carla and Paul marry. This is also the day that Leslie's body is found. Yeah. And she's just having the fairy tale princess wedding of her dreams. That was and her Meanwhile, thing. they're fishing out a teenager's body out of the water. It's horror. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was like a beautiful wedding with like champagne and roses and a horse-drawn carriage. And she had the like Disney princess dress on. Yes, she did. Her she, hair was boring. Her hair was big. Yeah. A year later... They struck again, only this time Carla helped at every single stage. On April 16, 1992, as she was walking home from Holy Cross Secondary School, which was a Catholic school in St. Catharines, um, Kristen French was approached at the entrance of Grace Lutheran Church parking lot by Carla asking for directions. Carla, being young and pretty, was not threatening to Kristen, and she was another girl, Right. And so, saying, oh, could you please help me? She agreed to help. I can't tell you how many times, y'all, I have helped, like, what I thought was single women out by themselves. Mm-hmm. As she was giving Carla directions, Paul grabbed her from behind and forced her into their car. Kristen French was only 15 years old, a good student, and she was just a beautiful girl. She was just a beautiful little girl. Like Leslie, she was raped and tortured and humiliated. The entire thing was filmed, and Carla participated fully. Kristen's friends like to remember her for not complying with their demands of her at the end of her life. Bernardo considered keeping Kristen as a sex slave, but the decision was made to kill her, and Carla suggested they use Easter dinner at her parents' house as an alibi. At first, Kristen had tried to cooperate with her tormentors. And this is what? This is in Carla's confession. But after two days, she was growing defiant. At first, Kristen did what Paul wanted, but by Sunday, she didn't care. 
At one point, Kristen, who was bound and handcuffed, told Bernardo he could take her body, but not her will. Carla said Kristen told Paul, some things are worth dying for. And he replied, oh yeah, you really think so? Bernardo then played a tape of Leslie being tortured and asked Kristen if she knew who Leslie Mahaffey was. Can you fucking imagine? Oh, fucking God. Then he prepared to murder her. He made her get on her knees, her hands behind her back in handcuffs. He put electrical cord around her neck and strangled her for a full seven minutes to make sure she was dead. They then inexplicably shaved half of her head and dumped her naked body in a fucking ditch. After this, Paul said that Carla was the best wife. Now I'm going to tell you all something that's going to make you uh, fucking furious and want to burn down the entire world. Oh, not already? Oh, it's just going to get worse from here on out. Don't worry. Carla only served 12 years in prison. prison. Only 12. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, I hate her. Yeah. After Kristen's murder, Carla and Paul's marriage was in real serious trouble. Carla was certain that the house was haunted. She was with all the people that they'd killed. With all the people they'd killed. She kept hearing bangs in the basement, and she was so convinced that she hired a medium to come and, like, have the house cleansed. And it's like, bitch, you are the negative energy in this house. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. But, ooh, don't you know it was full of demons? Uh-huh. The police had connected, by this point, the two murders and believed the Scarborough rapist was the likely culprit. Tips were phoned in, linking Paul as he resembled the police sketch. Kristen's kidnapping had been witnessed by several people. Carla's co-workers called in tips saying that Paul was violent and that he beat Carla and that he could be the murderer. And it, and it was true. He was beating Carla a lot. It was impossible to please or satisfy him. Right. He was like really entrenched in his fantasy world by this point. And... Like, he just required weirdly just constant stimulation. And, like, regular sexual stuff clearly wasn't cutting it. In January 1993, Carla left Paul after he beat the absolute shit out of her with a flashlight. She had to go to the hospital. Both eyes were just, like, swollen shut. I think I've seen the pictures. Yeah. And you know what? I would say good, but that's fucked up, and I'm not gonna. Something's wrong with her. I don't know. I'll conjecture about it in a minute. Within two months, a DNA sample taken from Bernardo was finally tested and turned up as a match. He was put under surveillance before eventually being arrested in February of 1993. Now, he was arrested for the rapes first. Carla was like... Three years after her sister's death. Yeah. Now, they don't suspect him of the murders but those are gonna get tied and Carla knows this so she's like hmm I'm gonna get in trouble so she got herself a real good lawyer and claimed that she was a victim of horrific abuse forced to go along with Paul's terrible fantasies she said she would testify against him in exchange for like a way lighter sentence and so they're like okay here's 12 years the police had yet to find the videotapes the prosecution agreed and thus made a deal with the devil. The defense knew about the fucking tapes, P.S. Because Paul had told them. He had told them to go to the house and get them before the police would find them. 
law against that? Yes, there okay. is. Say, you have to turn illegal. over. They waited till like the last minute to turn over those tapes to the prosecution. Wow. And the prosecution watched that and they were just fucking sick because they knew they should have nailed her. For being yeah. And, oh God, if you watch some of the courtroom like reenactments and stuff, the poor families of Leslie and Kristen. Yeah. Those tapes. God. And they're so bad, y'all. They've been destroyed by the Canadian government. Fuck. After Paul's last appeal was denied, they destroyed them. Fuck. He is serving a life sentence. He came due for parole uh, after 25 years, and they said, absolutely not, fuck you. Yeah. Carla was released on July 4th, 2005. And basically, she kind of lived in Canada for a while. And then she moved to Guadalupe. What is she doing now? She's back in Canada. And she has a different name. To protect herself. Oh, that's right, because she was getting a bunch of death threats and shit. Yeah, because she sucks. Yeah. So, here's something that people don't hear about. I never heard about until researching this case. A woman by the name of Elizabeth Bain went missing in 1990 from a college campus in Scarborough. Uh Uh-oh. Her boyfriend was convicted of her murder and wrongfully (gasps) imprisoned for 30 years. DNA exonerated him or something like that. Her body's never been found. And it is really, really believed that Bernardo killed her. Well, yeah, that's his M.O. Yeah, she was the age. She was 21. Oh. She's pretty, petite, dark hair. Yeah. He usually liked dark hair. Uh-huh. Ugh. They divorced, uh, Carla and Paul divorced in 1994, by the way. Not in 1994. Yeah, it was, I don't know, around then. Like around the time. She got remarried. She has two kids. She has oh. got divorced again in, like, 2007. Oh. She was working with children. She was volunteering to, like, watch children. What the fuck? But complaints came in, and she was released from her volunteer position. How do you not have that on your record? Man, because she had to change her name. She had to, because she would have been, you know. And she has I've listened to, like, her interviews and stuff after she got out of jail. Yeah. They're all in French. She wouldn't do an English interview. Really? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Well, I think that's for a reason. Why? Uh, because she th- believed there was a bias in the English media against her, because she sucks. So she went with what she thought was more friendly towards her. But really, that's it just weird. circulates less. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, she she said she's paid her debt to society, but not, like, emotionally paid her debt. And I was just, like, rolling my what eyes for hundred years. What the fuck does that mean? Well, she feels bad. But she, you watch her fucking eyes. It is dead in yeah, there. Yeah, she doesn't feel shit. I don't know what's wrong with her. I really, really thought about it. And, again, I'm not going to armchair diagnose because I'm an idiot. But, oh, it's just so weird. I think... <coughs> excuse me, I'm just nauseous. I think that... She would have done anything anybody would have told her. And what creeps me out is, I don't talk a lot about my mom. She's dead, which is good. She sucked. She was very abusive. She molested me when I was little. She was an alcoholic. And she would have done anything a man would have told her to do. Mm -hmm. Anything. Mm -hmm. She would have set me on fire. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't know what it is in somebody to do that. I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. But I think it's one of the more fucked up cases yeah. that I've covered. It's just... I fucking hate this case. I hate them. I hate them. suck. I hate them. Yeah. But there's, I made it through it. There's some of the worst predators there. He, yeah. he was especially... And then... Ugh, God. I don't know. It sucks because it's so much like the case I'm researching. You know what else I think is interesting? Well, is if Carla had gotten with, like, a really good person, she'd have been an excellent person. Do you think? Yes. She's one of those weird chameleon people that just molds herself to whoever she's with. But she was already into, like, the... She would have dropped it like a hot potato if Paul had been like, I love Jesus and we have to go to church and you need to be a Stepford wife. She would have done it. I think she would have done anything he wanted. I don't think it was about... I think she only... I mean, I think she was interested in weird shit. But I don't really count that because we all go through those phases of being curious, you know, right. experimenting. I'm not, I'm not hepped up on that. But the whole, like, abducting and raping and all of this that she did... I don't think was she for would have... pleasure for him. For him. Yeah. It was all for him. Yeah. She just got off on him saying she was a good girl. Some of the worst parts in the videos are when she dresses in her dead sister's clothes. I fucking hate that part. Oh my god. And she is posing on her dead sister's bed saying how much she loved it when Paul fucked Tammy. And that is what she said. That is a quote. But again, she would have never killed, I guarantee you, never done anything like that. She'd probably be selling LuLaRoe fucking leggings right now. She's just one of those people that has no core personality and just takes on whatever her partner has. And I've seen it. My mom was like that. I mean, my dad is a shithead, but he's not like a murdering rapist. Right. But, for example, let me give you an example. My mom was a very girly girl, very smart. She uh, graduated with honors and a double major of biology and chemistry. Which is legit. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. And she minored in sales, and she was an excellent saleswoman. She was very charming and very funny and very pretty. She was not an outdoorsy type of person. She was a bougie person, okay? But my dad loves fishing and hunting. And so automatically, overnight, she loved those things, too. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people like that. My mom wanted to live in, like, a big city. But when my dad like, became obsessed with the idea of owning, like, a ranch in Colorado. That's what she always wanted to do. That was her dream. She never had a dream herself that Mm -hmm. she wouldn't sell out immediately for my dad's pleasure. It was all about attention. She just wanted all of his attention. And she cheated on him constantly because my dad's super bad at getting attention. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think... She just reminds has that same kind of dead stare. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think this is similar. Yeah. And I don't think we have a word for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's fucked. It's what it is. I'm not trying to, like, remove any of the culpability. I think Carla knew exactly what she was doing was wrong. Yeah. And that was part of her enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. Because that was his enjoyment of it. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just so fucked up. Hate him. Hope they burn his house. 
Yeah, thanks for listening to all of fucking that. This is one of the worst cases. I hate them. I like. I just really fucking hate them. I'm gonna cover uh, this month a case y'all have never heard of, out of New Zealand. It's really yeah. great. And you're gonna cover. What are you covering next? Oh. <laughs> I'm. I. I literally almost threw up earlier reading like the transcripts of the toy box killers. Yeah, they're and bad. So... They're bad news. Yeah, I'm going to talk about things, like, on this case that you did, I'm going to talk about a lot of things that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, and so we're really going to get into it. The next case, just warning you guys, is going to be pretty fucked up. You're going to have to get the warning again. Lots of warnings. Um, I, and I will leave you all with this thought. How many people have we run into that think these awful things on a regular basis? Don't act That's on so them. Creepy. They just think them. Because you know it's out there. You know it's happening. They're just thinking about raping and murdering and, and torture. Because, like, I used to walk the bike trails to get places. Uh-uh. You know, I used to ride city buses. Yeah, me too. Um, all kinds of things. And Out I at never... 3 o'clock in the morning, I ain't scared. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Because I never thought... It is a miracle I didn't get true-crimed. Just saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Be careful out there, y'all. Yeah. You don't trust anyone because they look nice. Buddy system. Don't trust somebody because they look nice. Carry a knife with you. Fucking A. If, if you live in a concealed carry if, state, if, go ahead. If you do carry a knife with you, don't be like me. Um, practice with it first. A little bit, yeah. I, my, my darling husband gave me a really beautiful knife. I love knives. Gave I me too. a beautiful knife for my birthday, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome, I love it. But then I was jokingly like trying to like pull it out real <laughs> no. quick just in case to see how like quick on the draw Did I you was. Hurt yourself? No, I just like I fumbled. Like I can't even fucking open it without like several thought patterns. Yeah, you have to be like, hold on murderer. Yeah. Oh wait, I did. I was like I was like, okay, attack me. And he attacked me and I was like, oh wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, it, is this how it opens? Yeah. Like show the murderer. Try. Do I like push this? I had to like thing? push that little thing over to the side and yeah. I can get him open easily. I can never get him <laughs> shut. Never. Never. So yeah, I just practice. said practice or be like me. Live in a state where you can carry a sword. I have a machete sword. I have a sword, but it's just really pretty. It doesn't really stab you. Is that the one where the the hoe posed with your sword? Nude in the woods? So I'm still pissed about that on your behalf. It's okay. I talked about it once. Go back and listen to all the episodes. You'll find it. I went on a 30-minute rant. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We love you. We love you so So much. much. Thank you for listening, Portugal. (laughs) (laughs) Gracias, as you would say. Wow. Hey, I looked at it as the same in Portuguese and Spanish. Gracias. It is. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production 